Hi, everyone. This is Jordan, the owner and CEO of Greaser Consulting. On this call, we have my frenemy, Nathan Broom. We uh, were both SDR managers at Outreach back in the day. Um, and he has gone far in his outreach journey today. He's the VP of, of like an emerging market, has people globally around the world reporting to him, both individual contributors, managers, directors, um, and has just done a phenomenal job with his teams at Outreach. Specifically, though, he's talking about something that whenever I was at Outreach, we failed to do multiple times, which was to get AEs to prospect. And we would fail miserably. Today, you're going to hear a stat from him that it's just fascinating that 30% of the pipeline average across the org is driven directly by AE outbound work, uh, which if if you just knew the history of outreach and the hurdle to get AEs to prospect at all, this is a monumental achievement. Not only that, though, it has driven um, faster deal cycles, higher ACVs. It's even affected the platform of, of how outreach is even designed and caters to the AE world. Uh, so this is a great conversation to lean into. We'll, we'll have some laughs and some jokes every once in a while. We got to argue a little bit. Uh, but with that said, I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. Go ahead, lean in and have a good time. Say you want some clarity in sales and marketing and SEP. Well, we have just the remedy. Our podcast, RevOps Therapy. Hi, everyone. This is Jordan. I got with me just the greatest individual on the planet, uh, my my co-equal back in the outreach days. Uh, maybe it's a little too polite to consider him a co-equal. I don't know. But we got Nate here. Nate, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah, co-equal. I was thinking frenemy, but uh, we weren't equal on the leaderboard. But uh, well, that's, a, that's another, that's a, that's another story. Uh, that's another story. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah. So Nate, good to be here, Jordan. So Nate Broom uh, with with Outreach <laughs> and VP of S and B Sales and uh, former one time colleague of the great Jordan Greaser. <laughs> yeah, I just like the whole audience to know. Maybe my name on the leaderboard would have been higher if I wasn't busy doing all your team's trainings, <laughs> doing all of the. You know, maybe, maybe I'd had more time to coach. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, that's maybe, maybe, maybe should have. Right. So uh, yeah, we can we can we can relive that. But uh, no, it was fun. It was fun times. One of my more memorable uh, times at, at Outreach was uh, competing in what do we call it the Mosh Pit. Yeah, it was the mosh pit, which I think, by the way, if you like, if you go on Glassdoor and you check out like reviews of, of working at Outreach and you look a couple of years back, like there's multiple negative reviews about the idea that the SDR pit was called the mosh pit. <laughs> uh, it was like beating on like what kind of place puts people in a place and says this is a mosh pit. Like clearly mm. this, is, this is disorganized chaos. And I, you know, listen, I like read that feedback and I thought, yeah, that sounds about right. Like that's, yeah, that's, that's pretty, a, that's pretty that's, that's exactly what it was. Right. But I think that's also, uh, it's also indicative of the fact that, of, of who we hired. Right. You know, so we were hiring, you know, these, these sales development reps with no experience, no tech background, no startup background, what have you. And, and they come into a place like outreach early days. And, you know, we were, we were sitting in the, where the basement of the old Tableau building. And when it was hot outside, it was uh, freezing cold in the building. And our teams were wearing parkas and beanies and whatnot. When it was, you know, 
cold outside. We were wearing shorts Sweating. and flip flops because the, they couldn't get the boiler <laughs> yeah, working. Yeah, you know? yeah, so, yeah, man, simpler, simpler times. Yeah, it was a different, different era. But uh, I, listen, we certainly had a, a lot of fun. Um, but you know, at that time, and this is going to lead us into our conversation here. At that time, the SDRs did like all the prospecting, mm-hmm. right? Um, so our environment that we were in, which it, just thinking about the outreach journey in general, from zero to 10 million, which, um, you know, I was there for that. There was no marketing team. So the yeah. SDRs drove every single meeting uh, outside of like some events and, and, and some of those kind of things. But we, I mean, we were it. And so, and then we went through a phase where the SDRs in conjunction with marketing were driving every meeting and AEs didn't prospect. Like that was like taboo at outreach, which I think that's actually pretty similar in most places that you end up. But today, uh, you know, I was talking to you a few months ago and I was a little surprised to hear this. Like it's a completely different story today, right? Yep. Yeah. Well, I think that, you know, um, yes, early days, right. Um, and, and probably well past 10 million, you know, we were a outreach was an SDR driven shop, right? That's where all the pipeline came from. And then and marketing got folded in, as you mentioned. And, you know, we've always tried to, even in the early days, you know, three, three, four years ago, we were always trying to drive a prospecting, but we weren't convicted on it, right? Like it wasn't religion yet. And we would say, yeah, prospect to the AEs and they didn't really need to because the, the SDRs were so uh, exceptional, right? And, you know, our units were doing such a great job. You know, The mosh the, pit was the making mosh, it happen. The mosh pit was making it happen. Absolutely. Right. Um and we, we, we had launched and failed a couple times at AE prospecting primarily because of accountability. And um, we got ourselves into a situation um, during COVID where something had to give, right? We, you know, as a successful company that's, that's trying to, to do big things on a public market one day, um, our, our marketing and, and, and sales budgets need to be in line. So um, that's a big focus, um, but also things just got harder. And, and we know that from every organization. So AE prospecting had to work the third time we launched it. And it, it did. And it's still been in effect for the last two years. And um, I'm, I'm proud to say that, they, uh, that the AEs produce well over 30% of their own pipeline uh, across all teams. So I just want to reiterate that. You're saying across every AE team at Outreach, the, like the bare minimum is 30% of your pipe. Yeah, so it probably flexes a little bit depending on the segment, but like the average is going to be thirty percent. But um, you know, every AE at Outreach prospects. So I was only around during the two failed attempts. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, which you know, I was not in charge of AEs. I was over an SDR world, sure, so I sure. can't. I can't take any bad credit here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, jokes aside, though, um, that was a big thing. Is like. You know, we were hiring these AEs at these high dollar values, and they were saying, "Listen, like, do you want me to click the button to do the email, or do you want me to like close the deal?" Right? Like that yeah. was kind of the attitude. Yep. And then, um, just speaking frankly, there were a couple of AEs that were afraid. Like, yeah, I don't want to have to call people and get hung up on. Like, I'm yeah. okay to sit, get told no in the sales cycle, but it's a whole other thing to call somebody and have them just hang up on me. Like, I can't handle this. Mm. So as you think about this or you went through it, I know there was maybe a forcing function with COVID, 
But ultimately, I mean, how did you get through the change management of that? Because, you know, you fail twice. There's no reason to think the third time actually is the charm. Yeah, well, I think a couple things, right? It's, it's you know, prospect or die, right? So I think there's there there is a, like, uh, an essentialism that had to happen where it's like, you have to do this to hit your quota. And there's, that's just part of it. And so... Um, so I think it was really easy for us to set expectation because the, the AEs were living through the, you know, living through their pipelines falling, falling out because of COVID related reasons. Right. And they realized that like, Hey, you know, the math just doesn't work unless something, something gives. Right. So that was probably number one. Um, you know, number two is that we just got smarter. And what I mean by smarter is that we started looking at the AEs for what they are, not for what we wanted them to be. And, you know, AEs are closers. Um, they, you know, they, they want to focus on deals. The human, you know, the human psyche is about, you know, chasing that reward of a signed DocuSign contract. And that's where you're going to spend all your time, even if the math in your pipeline doesn't make sense uh, or doesn't add up uh, to get to your number, right? And so we've really had to, you know, approach AEs um, two different ways, right? We had to, to coach them up on deals, which is, it's, it's usually theoretical, it's strategic, it's if-then scenarios, right? But then we also had to give space and um, coaching to prospecting, which you and I both know is you got to put the time in, you got to put the time in consistently, you got to go through the paces, uh, each and every day or session that you're prospecting and you can't let up. Otherwise, you know, you're going to have a lull in, in your production. And so we had to approach the SDRs and the Arab sort of approach the AEs kind of in, in both directions to get the optimal results that we wanted to. Did you have, uh, maybe you can't get into this, I don't know, but did you have a washout rate of folks that were just like, <laughs> no, I'm not prospecting? That's like, yeah, it's always, that was always the question early days, right? Um, but the, you know, the whole industry and in, in tech in general is, is going this way, right? So the number one conversation I have with uh, my prospects and customers from the outreach side is how to make AEs more efficient, how to AEs, you know, generate their own pipeline, right? Like that's the number one conversation I have across the board. And so it's, it's one thing to wash out, but if you're just washing out to another organization that's going to require you the same thing, might as well make it work here, right? So we actually didn't have that much attrition uh, related, to, um, related to having to prospect for the first time. Because um, what happened was we, we got really intentional with an operating rhythm with, hey, there's set times each, each week that you dedicate to prospecting when you make your calls and you do your sequencing and you do your emails. Uh, we got really focused on coaching, right? So um, just like the AE managers coached the deals, we were having them coach prospecting uh, with as much uh, urgency and intentionality. Um, we had playbooks for them. So we had uh, AE-specific content and messaging uh, for them to be able to execute. So it was a really well-baked-out plan. And ultimately, even the, the laggards to the process, they got online because they got addicted to the success because they got addicted to the pipeline because it usually closed bigger and faster than uh, deals that they sourced. They got sourced from the, the SDRs. And so once the, the flywheel was spinning, um, the thing really revved up to where 
not a single AE on my team, uh, at least that I hear of, uh, doesn't really complain about the motion of, of prospecting anymore. It's just part of who we are and part of our DNA. Uh, was there like an unexpected change that this even caused to the SDRs? Because I know you're like you and I, we started on the SDR floor together. Yeah, um, yeah. And so I know you like you may have a little more of an intimate knowledge of what goes on with the SDRs rather than a typical yeah. AE manager or, or, or VP in this regard. Um, and so I'm just thinking about this, like all of a sudden the AEs are picking up the pipeline. I'm sure the SDRs are thinking, well, wait a minute, what does this mean for me? And how does that shift my workflow? Do you have any insight yeah. or, or thoughts? So, so we did something really interesting is we actually carved out books of business for the AEs that did not have SDRs attached to them. So we actually, when we, when we launched it, you know, uh, two years ago, we actually removed um, AE SDR tandem accounts. And so the AEs actually have no shared accounts with SDRs anymore, right? And so how that helped the workflow on the SDR side was they had their book of business, they, they worked their accounts, they set their meetings, but those meetings are round robined in to the AEs, right? And that took away, that took out the favoritism that took out the bias. Uh, there's no favoritism. Yeah, what are you like, talking about? That took didn't out happen. The, it took out the favoritism, took out bias, right? It took out uh, mixed signals in terms of coaching. Like one AE wants it set up this way. Another AE wants it set up that way. It, it created standardization um, across the board. And it actually made it easier for the AE or the SDRs to focus in on keeping the main thing, the main thing, which is setting great meetings, regardless of who the AE is going to be. Right. And, and we found a lot of success with that. Can I just say, I have not heard that phrase, keep the main thing, the main thing for a few years. Yeah. As soon as you said it, a shiver went down my spine. Let's keep uh, the main thing, the main thing. Well, you know, it's like the, it's, Things can get so noisy, right? I, you know, especially if you're an SDR, you don't have a te- typically you don't have a tech sales background. Um, you know, you're coming into an organization and people are telling you, "Be good on the phones, right? Be good at email. Be good at social selling. Hey, listen to these ten podcasts. You know, go and do this thing, right? It's like, no, keep the main thing, the main thing. Go find somebody, talk to them, see what their problems are, and if you got something to help them with, tell them. And if you do, Ask for the meeting. Main did thing. You, did you see like sales accepted lead rates? Did they go up? Did like SDR source deals close at a higher rate, lower rate? Like especially in, in relation to like an AE source deal? Uh, no, what I saw was so um, uh, sales accepted lead rates stayed flat. But what happened was the outliers got removed. Right. And so as we as we in, introduce more standardization into the process, those people who are selling at a real high rate normalize the people who are selling at a really low rate normalize because it was consistent across the board because um, you took out a lot of the X factors. We did on the AE side with AE prospecting, we saw contract values go up. We saw sales cycles decrease um, and we saw more expansion after initial closes based off AE closed deals uh, that we've seen uh, historically. So what's the, what's the reason why, um, I mean, I've read about this and I've chatted with different people that they, they fundamentally believe that the SDR role is dead 
and that mm. um, AEs. They, I don't think anybody advocates to go back to full cycle in the sense of you're going to source it, close it, and end you're going to manage it. Yep. Like I don't know, I don't know. Like I, there's a couple companies that do this, but I'm saying I don't hear big advocates for like let's do everything. Yeah. But I do hear advocates say we don't need the SDR anymore. We need you to prospect and close, but once it's closed, still tick it over to like that success motion, still do all of that. So if you're seeing, you know, higher ACVs, if you're seeing shorter deal cycles, you're seeing better close rates, like what's the, what's the hesitation from not just going that next step? Yeah, the quotas are set too high. So like you have to, yeah, so I mean like, like that's like, it's no, I think what it comes down to though, right, is that, you know, everybody wants to create efficiency, but nobody wants to lower quotas and targets, right? And, you know, you, especially uh, organizations that have become to rely on, on SDRs is that is still a chunk of your, of your pipeline, right? And, you know, you can squeeze um, results and you can optimize for AEs generating a portion of their pipeline, right? But, you know, you have, something has to give, Right. You have to take off less responsibility. You have to say, you don't have to close as many deals, you got to lower quotas and, and those types of things. But then you're re- then you're really reworking the entire economics of your go to market structure. Right. And nobody really has the appetite for that because, you know, we you know, in, in our racket, it's all about, you know, top line revenue. And so. Um, so, yeah, that's not going to. But I would say that if you're starting an organization, you know, today, um, you can, depending on how you want to build up your organization, you know, yeah, you can do it without SDRs. Um, it'll be harder and you'll hit, you'll hit certain roadblocks by not having a consistent funnel coming in. But um, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely possible. But you've got to remember, you have to have the structure around the AEs to, to make that possible. So let's get into some brass tacks with the AEs prospecting though. Um, and this is going to be like, this like just makes me laugh thinking about it. <laughs> I, um, I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm just, I can just, I remember the SDR. You want to talk about Nate Broom keeping the main thing, the main thing. Uh, I remember you pulling SDRs aside and saying, where are your call numbers? Where are your emails? Where are your whatever? <laughs> like, like you're not going to hear your number if you don't do these things. Like, let's oh, get moving. Now man. you are a lot nicer. I'm, I'm being yeah. a little bit over dramatic, but I'm saying you get into a room full of a- AEs. Like, are you pulling an AE the side and say, Hey, listen, you're supposed to do 35 dials today. You only did 33. Like, what are you doing? I'm asking where the other two dials are. Well, this is, so I'm yeah, saying, yeah. is this, are you, are you yeah, like managing so... AEs to that same Prospecting is prospecting. So we, um, it doesn't matter who. Bold, bold man right here. Yeah, right. So I think that is one of the, that is one of the myths around AE prospecting that's out there, right? Is that AEs are, are, are unicorns. They're snowflakes. They, there's a special way of, of breaking into accounts. There's a special way of starting conversations that's different from the SDRs. It's not different. It's the exact same thing, right? It's just your level of acumen is higher. Right. And anything else is, is, is reluctance. Right. And, and so, so what we do and where we ultimately found success in is we have an AE operating rhythm that AE operating rhythm uh, has on uh, just to, you know, I'll kind of, I'll spell it out, but on, on Mondays and Tuesdays, we have two hour blocks each that are designed for the AEs to sequence a certain number of targets 
that um, make the math make sense to what they need to generate. On Wednesdays, we have a dedicated calling blocks dedicated around um, the best time, the best connect rates that we found in our system. So that calling block moves a little bit, but we have a calling block. And then we have a we have time set aside for uh, task management and, and research as well, right? And the idea is is that the AEs during those blocks are strictly focused on the activity, the KPIs, and the quality work that we need to have happen, so they can get the prospecting results, right? And so yeah, we absolutely drive drive that with with the AEs. And the crazy thing is that it works. Right. And, and again, going back to what I said earlier, you know, the AEs always want to, always want to, um, uh, 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 index towards the deal, towards the docky side, towards the end of the funnel. Right. So we have to be the trainers in the gym with them, encouraging them to do the reps, to do this, to spot them on the, on the bench, right. To, to lift the weights. And we do that during those time blocks, and that's where they dedicate their time to, to prospecting. So yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely blocks. all over it. Yeah, yeah. Oh well, I, in some ways, I expect no less. <laughs> uh, do those time blocks? Do they sort of fade at the end of the month or the end of the quarter? Uh, they fade at the end of the quarter, right? So we're all of our teams are are held to quarterly, uh, summer to annual, and so, uh, but you know, they fade at the end of the quarter, but usually only in the last week, right? Because um, you always need more pipeline, right? Um, and what the, the beautiful thing about them, Jordan, is it's we treat it, they're sacred cows. It's religion, right? Where we direct our AEs, they're not to schedule over these time blocks. That's how critical these time blocks are. Well, that's what my next question was. Like, yeah. it's the end of the month. This is the deal that's going to get somebody across the line. And they say, 9 30 on monday that's the only time i can meet are they making a cold call at 9 30 on monday or are they running that call they're making the cold call Whoa. like that's I'm that, not, i don't know if i believe you i yeah, don't know well, if i, I well, believe you you talk about you talk to my team but you can here's the deal right like we you know I, I will say that we leave things up to manager discretion right so like we don't manage it all the way at the top right but the um but no that's that's how we that's how we coach to it though right is is that you know, we have to be maniacal. We have to be the about prospecting, right? And the only way to do that with AEs is to be able to stand up and say, this activity that we're asking you to do is so important that nothing else is coming before it, right? And so that's that's what we believe in. Um, the results have been been backed up on that, so... But now, Listen, now, I'm just, go check, now I'm gonna go check the calendars. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, like, here's the deal. Share your screen. I know people are, can't see the video here, but you share your screen with me, and we're gonna go rep by rep, and we're gonna see who's got that book and who I, doesn't. I take, I take the odds. I take, I take the over. I say you can give me whatever odds you want. I take, I take the over that we would be, we would be really focused on it. Uh, listen, really focused on it doesn't mean that it's full compliance. Yeah, but, you know, well. Yeah, well, well, we got. I, I have an organization of seventy sellers, so you know uh, the chances of of having seventy sellers all on the same page are. Uh, yes, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, but no, but my teams are. I, I will say though that the the AEs have done a phenomenal job embracing the culture, right? And so you got to walk them through the change and the whys behind the change and the math and and why it's going to help them, you know, hit their numbers and hit quotas and hit club and stuff like what, that. What, but, what segment are you? 
uh, SMB. So how we define that is 500 employees and, and below. Okay. So my question is, um, in that SMB segment, I, I'm not, I'm not saying you're a liar. I'm not calling you a liar. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm on record. This is dangerous for me to say <laughs> that I believe you, um, but in the SMB space, this makes more sense to me, right? It seems like a little bit more like functional, how this could make sense, yep. but in the, let's say, like, let's go all the way to the top. Let's go into the enterprise space. Yep. Like, are they still doing time blocks in like, you have to hit these? Cause I even think about, you know, the era of COVID and no travel is like coming yeah. to an end here. Um, and so there's in-persons, right? Like, but you're at that enterprise level. You need to, yeah. you need to make a trip to Austin and you got to go talk to somebody yep. like how, how sacred are these across the org is essentially what I'm asking. Yeah, so so enterprise is where you're going to see the biggest deviation uh, because of the reasons you just mentioned, right? Is is that uh, that schedule is going to be a little more ad hoc because travel is back, right? So our people are back on the road, they're back on the field, um, but the expectations are there, right? And so there is, you know, what I will say is that um, as you go up segment, one thing that we all do, but one thing that we are are really good at is we we all host forecasting calls for prospecting. Right. And so much like you do forecasting calls for deals and assess risk and your gaps and who's attaining and who's not and all those things, we do the same thing for prospecting. Right. And I think those carry a little bit more weight in enterprise they do in, in the SMB because of, of that. Um, but, you know, everybody has expectations and, and coaching around uh, around time blocking. Okay. Um. This is an outreach specific question, so like this right. is not going to apply most. So you're places, you're the but... outreach partner, so I would I would I should be able to turn around and ask you the same question. Oh, not this question I'm asking. Okay, Ooh, all right. Um, so the the question I have though is, since AEs have started to to prospect in the platform, has that challenged or caused the product team to like? just much more quickly mm. adapt the tool for the AE world. And again, this is really like a niche question. The yeah. reason I ask it is, you know, as the outreach partner or the previous outreach employee, that was always outreach's challenge was yeah. like getting AEs to focus inside of this thing. Yeah. Uh, it's not that it didn't work or it didn't provide a lot of value, but it was like getting folks over the hurdle. Yeah. So has it changed the UI? Has it changed some of the feature sets in any way that like, since you finally got them in there, like there's actually been some fundamental change? Yeah. So I think the biggest one is, is opportunity management. Right. And so there's opportunity management and forecasting uh, now within the full platform. And so, you know, AEs, again, are going to go where the dollars are at. Right. And so, you know, if if you are are taking them out of a situation where the dollars are not at, you know, like like we like, like frankly, like we used to. Right. So outreach started out as a prospecting tool and and mm -hmm. AEs didn't live in there. They were living in Salesforce or some other tool. AEs weren't going to go into a strictly prospecting tool. But now that we have opportunity management, um, you can see deal health um, and, and what have you. And then we have you know, forecasting in the form of commit and you can assess risk and, and all that. Um, the, the AEs are living there, right? And so it's, it's a really easy pivot to go from that view into your prospecting view because it's all in the same click path. Yeah, that's interesting to me. And it's, <clears throat> there's one thing COVID has definitely caused for everybody is like, 
like I think about all the different areas of a business that like could have been done virtually a long time ago, but like, how are you ever going to get people over the change management side of things to actually sign up? Well, all of a sudden COVID hits, you can't run the meeting unless you've got a virtual option. Yeah. And so uh, in that way, uh, you know, the COVID, COVID pandemic spurred like mass amounts of change management really quickly. Like, and it wasn't, you didn't have the option not to do it. It was just, you do it. Right? Well, that's, that's it. And I think that, you know, people were in a, I think, you know, pre-COVID, you could be stagnant, right? So you could be an AE or an AE leader that did not change because the conditions didn't change, right? Like things were always the same. And, you know, and you always heard those kind of the old gray hairs talk about, well, I did this in Salesforce. And so why can't you do this in Salesforce? Or this is, this is how we did it back in my day and, and, and dot, 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 you know, all that type of stuff. And those people and those individuals did not have to change. COVID forced function that. And then the, so the rate of change kind of basically conditioned everybody and in, in set expectations that, hey, change is just inevitable if I want to have a job, if I want to be successful. And then, and then you know, we were able to, as, as a company, just to speak on outreach really quickly, you know, we were able to dovetail around that rate of change. And, and behind that, right? So we were able to draft behind that because now all of a sudden AEs were no longer in the field. They were no longer in an environment where stagnation uh, was acceptable. And then they were looking around like, hey, how am I going to change? And, you know, in comes a, a, a full platform, a whole suite of products designed to, to help close revenue. And, and, you know, outreach has been fortunate to take advantage of those changing market uh, conditions. You know, there's just one thing I, I want to bring awareness to you here. You got to be careful saying those old gray hairs. I'm, again, there's a video I can see. I know if you're listening, you can't see it, but I'm, I'm just, I'm curious who you're talking about here. Oh Mr. man, I, I, you know, it's funny as I, I turned 40 this year, and um, you know, I, uh, I was getting some, some. Uh, we were at club this last week, and I was getting some, uh, some, some trash talk to me about, uh, you know, the gray, the gray hairs, and you know. I, I will say I didn't have as many gray hairs uh, pre-COVID, uh, but you know, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. scaling scaling an organization uh, with mostly first-time sellers uh, globally uh, through COVID will. Uh, I, I'm I'm happy I still have hair. Let's put it that way. But you know, you're looking pretty. You know, you started a business through COVID, right? You scaled the business through COVID, so you know you don't have any gray hairs. It looks like. Uh, you look close enough. You'll see, you'll, you'll see them. So it's, it's the lighting, right? It's the lighting. Yeah, it's the lighting, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, Hey, Hey, uh, you know, friend of me of mine, Mr. <laughs> Broom, I appreciate you coming on today. And, uh, in all sincerity through the years, it's been good getting to know you and chatting through some of these things. Um, and I certainly know in the, in the past, you've been a great resource for folks. So I'm sure if you reach out to him on LinkedIn or you need a little help, um, I'm just, give you a plug. He's a great guy to talk to. And I'm positive that uh, if you have outreach questions, he has at least 70 reps that would be happy to answer those questions for you. Yeah, that, that we do. But, uh, you know, really congrats, uh, you know, friend of me as well. Uh, congrats to, to your success, Jordan. It was, thanks for having me. Uh, proud of what you've been able to accomplish, uh, you know, out, uh, out your way. Uh, it's been cool to see all right, fella. Well, uh, for everybody listening, thanks for joining in. Mr. Broom, thanks for coming, and we'll see you next time. Hot dog. That was a great episode. Thanks for listening. 
If you want to learn more about Greaser Consulting or any information you heard on today's episode, visit us online at www.greaserconsulting.com. Be sure to click the follow button and the bell icon to be notified on the latest here at RevOps Therapy. Thanks and see you real soon.